A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he, <clears throat> all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea which collects every kind of fish. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad, they throw away. And thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? And they answered, yes. And he replied, then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus asks his disciples, do you understand all these things? And they were pretty quick with that yes, which begs the question. Because when we hear something like that in the gospel, it is not simply a memory of Jesus saying something to a bunch of guys who lived 2,000 years ago. He's saying that to us now. Do you understand? all these things. And it may be the case that, at least for some of us, the answer is, could we go back over that again? <laughs> I'm not so sure. And we can find ourselves maybe a little challenged by or even troubled by the quick yes of the disciples. And that's a good place to start. Sometimes, in settings of faith, we're often quick to give a shallow yes. Do you believe? And we say, yes, I do. But only on a certain level. And we find ourselves in the deep part of the heart, in the deep places of the mind, not quite ready to say that yes so clearly, so strongly, or so quickly. And that's OK. Because healthy spiritual growth begins with honesty about ourselves. And this is why we have that marvelous first reading today, the prayer of King Solomon, who ascends to the throne as a relatively young man. His father David was the great king who established Israel. And 
There is peace from its enemies. The kingdom is prosperous. Its population has grown very large. It's as if he's inherited the perfect situation. He's been set up for success on a certain level. And amazingly, he finds himself overwhelmed by this in a certain way. This is not the prayer of a man who feels entitled. This is the prayer of a man who feels responsible. And there's something very instructive here for all of us. Because Solomon is a man who is greatly blessed. It's a ridiculous abundance of blessings that this young man has had literally poured right into his lap. And again, if we just pause with some of our own typical language as we believers speak with one another, it's not uncommon to hear somebody say, I have been blessed. Or, Lord, I ask for your blessing upon myself and my family. And I thank you that you've blessed me in so many ways. Those are all very good prayers. But Solomon says a better prayer, which is, Help me to know what to do with the blessing you've given me. That's the one we don't mention so often. That language is not as natural for us. We like to get the blessing. We like to enjoy the blessing, and that's wonderful. But the blessing always comes for a reason. And this is where Solomon pauses, this young man with so much given to him, and he recognizes that there's a responsibility that comes with that, because I need to use the blessing well. And the more abundant the blessing, the more important it is to seek the Lord's guidance in terms of what to do with it, because that's where we really value what we've been given, not simply by saying thank you, but by respecting the giver and the gift enough to say, how do I use it well? And so he looks at the prosperity of the nation. He looks at the number of people living there. He looks at his own authority, and he realizes this all fits together. And everything you've given me relates to them. And I'm a young man. I haven't lived the full life of my father. How do I manage a people like this? How do I govern like this? Because it's one thing to just throw my authority around. It's one thing to enjoy my wealth, but how do I live it? And so when the Lord appears to him and says, because I loved your father so much, I'm going to give you another blessing, but I'm going to let you pick it. This is the beauty of Solomon's prayer. He essentially says, I don't need more wealth. I don't need you to make the kingdom any bigger. It's big enough. I don't need to ask for a long life if I don't know how to live it. What I need to know is how to use well what you've already given me. What a beautiful prayer that is. Because it also relates to who all of us are. Gift it with life. Gift it with opportunities. 
gifted with families, whether we're older in years or younger in years with most of our life and opportunity still ahead of us. The real question is not just does God bless me, but where do I go with the blessing? What do I do with the blessing? How do I take care of it? And notice the Lord's response to Solomon. He is pleased with this request more so than any other. And so he says, because you didn't ask me to make you proper, prosperous or successful, because you didn't ask for more time, because you didn't ask for greater authority, but you asked to know what is right and to know my will and to know how to use well what I've given you, that I'm going to give you. Because that's the real blessing. That's the great blessing. Because blessings, like any other kind of wealth, can be easily misspent and squandered if we're not careful. They can be easily lost or neglected or set aside. But the one who understands the good he's received, that's the one who can really live it. And with that as our context, then we turn to Jesus and that question again, do you understand all these things? Because the only way the disciples would understand, the only way we'll understand, is if we let him instruct us. Just like Solomon asked for, Lord, teach me. Lord, help me to understand because I can't figure it out on my own. Lord, Open my eyes, open my mind to see and to recognize. This is why in the traditional list of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, the first one is wisdom. Because it allows us to get our priorities right. To recognize what is good for us and what is not. To value the things of heaven and the things of God. And then in that light, to know what to do with the other things, the material things we've been given. And so Jesus, over these last several Sundays, with the parables he's been giving us, is really leading us to this question of, do you understand? And if the answer is not yet, we already know what to go back to. The gospel readings of the last couple Sundays and the first part of today's gospel. Because this is where he is trying to open up the secret of the kingdom for us. And so let's look at what he says. It's a remarkable series of three parables. The first is that the kingdom of heaven is like a man, but not like any man. It's the man who finds a treasure that nobody else knows about, hidden, buried in a field and who does something about it. It's not the man who finds the treasure, it's the man who knows what to do and has the courage to do it. And so what does he do? He goes and he doesn't count his blessing before he's received it. And note, see many of us are like people who find the treasure but we never dig it up. And so what does he do? He goes and he buys the field so he makes sure he has access to the treasure. It's not enough for him to know the treasure's there. That does him no good. It satisfies his curiosity. It gives him an interesting story to tell. 
but the treasure doesn't do anything for him unless he possess it. But to possess it, he has to lay things aside so that he can possess the field. But the other piece of that is owning the field is one thing. But if you have the field and you know the treasure's there, that's not enough either, is it? You've got to dig it up. Then he actually has to go and put the work in, digging the treasure up out of the field. But note how that little story implies so much. It's not enough to know that there is a blessing in my life. How do I make sure I hold on to it? How do I work it? How do I look into the depth of my heart? Notice how wonderful this is. And he continues, the kingdom of heaven, he says, is like a merchant. And he finds a pearl. He's a dealer in gems. He finds a pearl that is the most valuable he's ever seen. It's more valuable than any other pearl. It's unique. It's priceless. It's one thing to find it. It's one thing to know where it is. But again, note the response. And note how total the response is. He sells everything he has for the sake of that pearl. Clearly, we're not talking merely economics here. But note that statement. This is more valuable than everything else I have. And so this is what I must possess. Of all of the things I possess now, this is greater. And so all of those things that are of lesser value, I make available so that I can have what is of greater value. And note how that requires the skill of learning what is important and what is not, of what is most important and what is secondary. Because our lives go off the rails more often than not, not because we're bad, not because we're great sinners. Honestly, most of us are pretty mediocre ones. Our lives go off the rails because we keep taking what is of lesser importance and we grab for it instead of what's really important. We take what doesn't matter and we make it more important than what really matters. And what do we do then? We spend our lives without even realizing it. We sell ourselves and everything we have into relationships that can't fulfill us. We sell ourselves and everything we have into our careers, which isn't bad as a career, but it can't be the ultimate end of my life. We take who we are, our time, our energy, our emotional strength, and what do we do? Even to those things we know aren't good for us. We have this field of our heart, and the treasure that we keep trying to dig up is the resentments that I have there, the regrets that I have there, the insecurity that I have there, the anger I have there. There are the escapist daydreams that I hold there. And I value that escapism over the reality of my living. Notice, 
everybody's got a field that they work. Everybody, sooner or later, has that pearl that they put everything else at the service of. There's nobody alive who doesn't. The issue is, do I know the right pearl? Am I working the right field for the right treasure? Because the merchant who deals in pearls is the guy who knows which pearl is valuable and which one isn't. That's that prayer of Solomon again. Teach me, Lord, to know what the treasure worth seeking is. Teach me, Lord, to know what the valuable pearl is. And as we hear these first two parables, note that personal dimension that speaks of the seeking that each and every one of us does know across his life. However young I am, however old I am, this is true. But then Jesus takes it and he turns this way of thinking about the kingdom on its head. Because you notice right now we're speaking about what we do. But now Jesus adds another level of meaning with the third parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the net cast out into the sea that catches everything. And it stays in the sea until it's full and then it's brought in. And then the good is separated from the bad. And Jesus immediately interprets that as something that God does. And the kingdom of heaven is like God throwing out a net into the world, into the ocean of the world, and it catches everyone at the right time. And note the completeness of that. There is no life that the net thrown out by God will not claim, believer or non-believer. There is no one that the net of the kingdom ultimately doesn't gather in. And so all of us, not simply all of us Catholics, not simply all of us Christians, but every human who has ever lived or ever will live, ultimately is brought in by the net of the kingdom. And at the end of all things, or at the end of our lives, there is the looking at the good and the bad, and the keeping of the good, and the setting aside of the bad, by that one who is uniquely able to say what is good and what is bad. And note all of a sudden there the sharp edge that that puts on the other parable. Because the treasure I seek and the pearl I value is often a measure of the real goodness of my heart. And if I spend my life digging for the wrong treasure in the wrong field, if I spend my life setting aside the pearl of goodness for some lesser thing, that day when I find myself in the net, where am I going to be? But now, having said that, having said that, this is not merely a parable about judgment. Because it gives us another lens to look at the treasure and the pearl and the one who is seeking. And it's this.
There's an element of these parables that are all about the action of God and not us. And the man who finds the treasure in the field is Jesus Christ, who comes into this world, the field of this world, because of the treasure that is hidden here. And that treasure is you. That treasure is us. And he comes, and he empties himself of his glory to come to this field because he would possess the treasure, which is us. And all of a sudden we see that. That's our model for seeking. He lays aside his pride. He lays aside his glory. And he does so for the sake of those whom he values. And he will do what is necessary. And all of a sudden, then, we might recognize that, perhaps without me realizing it, I've had a treasure hidden in my own heart all along that I didn't realize was there. A treasure of mercy he's already given me. A treasure of goodness that he has already set aside for me. And I've allowed to live myself in a way that has allowed that just to be buried. And maybe it's time to ask his help to dig it up and appreciate it. And then, with an even greater sharpness, he finds that single pearl, that pearl whose value is beyond measure. And when he finds that pearl, and imagine, it's Good Friday, 2,000 years ago. And Jesus stretches his hands out on the cross. When one finds the pearl of great price, he sells everything he has for the sake of that pearl. This is not just the Lord telling us we need to value the things of heaven. This is the Lord telling us in all seriousness how much he values us. Note how marvelous that is. Because as the Lord calls for sacrifice, as the Lord calls for that kind of relentless seeking that is implied in these parables, he's not asking us to do something he's not going to do first and better than us. And he'll do it for us. And so our seeking and our paying for the pearl is simply our response to what he has already done for us. And how wonderful it is that we can have the full experience of that double meaning right here in just a couple minutes. Because Jesus is going to be here. And from this altar, he's going to come out here to you. And in the field of this shrine, which is why it's so good to be outdoors today, because we literally are praying in a field. In this place, what do you get to do? You get to come forward and stretch out your hands, and the pearl, beyond great, the pearl of great price is placed right there. The treasure hidden in the field of the church, the field of the sacraments, is placed in your hand. Value it. Value it. But the other thing that happens when you hear those words, this is my body given for you, this is my blood poured out for you, 
Before you come forward, that's already Jesus saying to you, and here I see my treasure. And here I see that pearl I value so greatly. And here is where I give everything for the sake of the treasure. This is why that prayer of Solomon is so important. Lord, this blessing is beyond my understanding. And I can't understand it on my own. Open my eyes to see, my ears to hear, and teach me, teach me to know how to live according to the goodness you've given me. Amen.